Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. All right, here we are again on another Monday night. My name is Jody Burkeen. I am the host and the founder of Man Up God's Way. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us today. We're excited uh, to be here. I got my host with the most, hostess with the most, co-host. Ben, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Good, glad you're here. Yeah, glad to be here for another episode. Awesome. We got a little new setup, don't we? Yeah. Yes, we do. Well, we've we got about half of a new but yeah, setup exactly. so far. Yeah, we're uh, piecemealing kind of a new setup here, and Fergoza's out of town this week, so he won't uh, won't be with us. But uh, we'll have him hooked up next week. Yeah, uh, when he gets back, he's in California surfing, <laughs> probably surfing yeah. and seeing old friends. Yeah, exactly, and preaching the gospel. Exactly. I hope so. I hope so. But, uh, yeah, tonight's a good night for the squad uh, to get together and just talk about the craziness that's going on in the world and, um, you know, things that are going on in our lives and just uh, just kind of chat and, you know, see what uh, see what the Holy Spirit uh, brings up. Yeah, so we're winging it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. We're winging it tonight. We're <laughs> half, we're half uh, redecorated. Right. We, we've seen some things this week that we're going to talk about So yeah. and just talk about kind of – the craziness of the world and then what we're supposed to be, what God expects yeah. us to do in the midst of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, the way that we set our cameras up tonight, it was kind of weird. Cause I've got on literally paint pants that have paint all over them. So we had to set the cameras up as close as we could, but, uh, you know, normally Ben wears shorts when he comes up and I told him to put on pants tonight. Cause I was hoping to <laughs> hoping we have a better view, but, uh, since we didn't, this is kind of all you get this week. Yeah, so, I was already in pants, so I just okay. <laughs> stuck with it. Normally, well, I'm like, normally on the podcast, I'm like that dude that does an interview from home. Yeah, get the and co- he's got the coat and the clip on the tie, tie, but then he's in his boxer shorts. Right, exactly. or, that's exactly the way I do the podcast. That's so. funny. That's funny. Well, I sent you a text. I said you don't have to, or you have have to wear pants. Like, yeah, like you don't normally. I felt wear like pants. I was doing announcements <laughs> yeah, at church. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, it's been, uh, we ha- we've had uh, some really good guests uh, last few weeks and uh, just really excited about what they've been doing. And uh, we've got some really good guests coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, we're really going to start promoting a new movie called, um, oh my gosh, I just, Ordinary Angel. Yeah. And um, that's coming out in February. Really excited about that. We're going to have Kevin Downs and uh, the, the, directors from that on in december uh, getting ready to promote that movie so really excited about that and then we've got chad robichaud's coming on here relatively soon um so we're supposed to have that lined up next couple weeks he's a really good gonna be a good uh, i'm excited about uh, him i'm hoping to go on one of his missions with him so <laughs> yeah if, if everybody remembers we interviewed jeremy stallnecker right. several weeks ago and he's with the mighty oaks foundation yeah, exactly. that, that chad robichaud was kind of the leader of and yeah. uh, I was reading on, the th- and, you know, I follow him on Facebook mm-hmm. and I read he's running 22 marathons in 22 days. So God, he's on like day four yeah. uh, and it's bringing awareness for the veterans right, and, the, exactly. and the first responders and all the things that, that they support. If you guys want to ever uh, look up a good uh, a foundation to support it, so it's called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. But uh, I, I'm sitting there looking at it like, dude's crazy, man. Yes. <laughs> 22 yeah. marathons in yeah. 22 days. That's that's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, I can't even drive a marathon without getting tired. Right. So yeah. good, good for you, Jeremy. Good job, buddy. Keep it up. We're uh, we'll be praying for you on that. I hope you raise some money in the process for the for the foundation. Yeah, I was hoping to have um, have um, chat on this week, and um, I'm doing a. Uh, in two weeks, I'm doing a, a veterans uh, weekend, and um, we're going to be talking about PTSD and you know some things like that. So I'm excited about that. We're actually doing a couples retreat for uh, veterans. Yeah, and uh, it's through Johnny and Friends. Uh, really excited about that. You know, Johnny and Friends is a great ministry. A couple weekends ago, I did a marriage conference for uh, special needs kids. Yeah, or not special needs kids, but special needs couples. 
um, who have special couples who have special needs kids. And you talk about trying to figure out how to do a marriage conference because their problems are not like a normal couple's problems. They've got kids that, you know, will live with them for the rest of their life. Um, you know, they've got kids that they're having to, you know, pick up and put into bed and to, to just, you know, and adult kids at that, not just kids, but adult kids, um, or adult, you know, adult children, I should say. And it's, it's one of those that, um, it was really tough. Nan and I, you know, kind of had, uh, we had to read the room when we first started off cause we, you've heard our expectation conversations, yeah. um, thing and we, uh, our conference and we had to kind of like pull back on some stuff and just kind of redirect, but it ended up being a great weekend. Uh, and Johnny and friends did a really good job. It was about, uh, about 16 or 17 couples. So it was good. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I've, I've probably told the story. I always tell the story about going over to a, a guy's, uh, house one day that were that went to our church mm-hmm. and they had a special needs child. And I, you know, I'd only been married a couple of years was mm-hmm. still struggling with my marriage and, uh, <clears throat> went to, went to his house. And when I went to that house that night, like I thought that I was a swell husband and that my wife was the one with all the problems. Right. right. What I realized very quickly was this was a man that was serving his family and his wife in a way that I hadn't even thought of. Right. Like when I was doing the dishes for Stacy, I wanted a gold star, uh, <laughs> the, the Congressional Medal of Honor, right, uh, and and all that. When in reality, this was just who he was, right? Exactly. Uh, out of necessity, whatever you want to call it, right. It's who he was. Well, anyway, I left his house that night and I looked at my wife. We weren't even out of the subdivision. I told her he's a better man than me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Right. And you know, obviously, if I had a special needs child. Uh, I would have adjusted, and, right. and and God would have given me the grace right. and the mercy to be able to do it. Having said that, in the moment, in the flesh, I was like, I'm so ill-equipped right. to do what He's doing, and it. But it really made me just look at my my um, my skill set as a husband, and 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 kind of up my right. try to up my game. Right, right. Yeah. You know, I'm like, man, I've got to do more. Makes you think twice oh, about coming gosh. home from work and saying, I'm too tired to do oh, anything. You got to be when kidding. you watch him. You know, watch somebody. Yeah, you know, take a kid and pull them out of a wheelchair and in a wheelchair and change their diapers. That you know, yeah. And this was a this was a child that needed twenty four seven care. Right. This wasn't a child that you could walk away from for an hour. Right. Exactly. Put him in front of the TV. It's not going to work. Yeah. So yes, it was very. Uh, it was very, very, very uh, eye opening. It was a special me. place in heaven for those kind of people. That's right. That's for sure. One of the statistics that we heard that weekend was eighty five percent of couples um, divorce who have special needs kids within the first two years. Yeah. If they can make it past the first two years, then um, the the divorce rate is a lot less. But, man, I tell you what, I can't imagine having having that uh, to go along with. Yeah, when I was in the Air Force, we had a, I had a buddy and young couple like we were at the time, my first wife, <clears throat> and they, they were probably 20. And they had a child, and the child died of SIDS, and he was mm-hmm. home with it that day, and put it down for a nap and it never woke up. And so there was a lot of blame going back and forth there, this, that, and the other. My point is they didn't make it a year. Right. And back then, if I remember correctly, Sid's divorce rate was like in the nineties, right? 95% or something. Um, and, and at that point or at that time, a lot of the reason was they're just, they just can't get over blaming each other. Right. You know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, when you, when you add a marriage is tough anyway, you know, without all the other stuff, and then you add kids to it. Yeah. Uh, it makes it even harder. Uh, you add special needs kids. It makes it even worse. And then, um, you know, it's the, the statistics really high for death, uh, the death of a child. It yeah. just, they just can't cope. They don't know how to, how to console each other because, you know, both of them tend to feel that, man, they need all the consoling and, uh, it just doesn't work. So yeah. And I mean, if you're a Christian, then you have to understand that when something like that happens, whether it be from birth, whether it be an accident that happens, this, Mm -hmm. that, and the other, the enemy is coming. Right. The enemy is coming to divide. The enemy is coming to get you to point fingers at each other. The enemy is do- the enemy's doing that in marriages every single day right. over much smaller things, let alone the stress, overwhelmment, 
uh, and tiredness that you get when you mm-hmm. are taking care of a, one, you're trying to make a marriage work Two, you've got a special needs child. Three, often you have more than one child. Right. So it's not just about that child. It's about the ones, the others. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I can't imagine. No, I can't either. I'm blessed to have four kids. They're all healthy. And, um, you know, over the years it's caused, you know, just pain and aches, you know, just raising kids. But I I thank God every day for blessing me like he has. It's been one of those that, gosh, I don't know how we would have done it any other way. So all mine are grown. You can take them now. (laughs) Take them all. (laughs) Just take them with you. Exactly. Bring Bring them to you. Exactly. Yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, the last few weeks, I don't, you know, the, the stuff that's going on in Israel. Yeah. I can't tell you how many phone calls and texts and emails I've gotten uh, and just people pulling me aside at some church, you know, function or uh, after church asking me if we're in the end of times. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. Like, I can't even count on my fingers and toes how many people have asked me that. And what's my stance as the pastor of the church and you know, what, what do I think that's going on? And, you know, so I started doing some digging and, uh, in the next few weeks, I'm actually going to present, um, I was actually going to do it, uh, this coming week, but, um, something came up and I, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do it, but, um, I'm actually going to present the history of Ishmael and Isaac Yeah, and, you know, walk that all the way through, uh, today and show people that, you know, first of all, this has been going on for 4,000 years. You know, it's been going on a long, long time. And um, that, again, we should not be sitting around waiting for the end of days, uh, you know, the end of times. We need to be focused on building the kingdom while we're still here. And uh, I just have so many people trying to, you know, decipher revelation and put Ezekiel and Daniel and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with studying eschatology. That's great. You know, study away, but don't get focused on it. Yeah. Don't let that be because only thing we really truly know is that Jesus is coming back. We're still waiting on revelation to take place. Yeah. We're still, that's the only prophecy that we're waiting on is the end of time. Everything else has been fulfilled. We're still waiting on that. And, um, you know, you've got, you've got Hamas who, is a, is a terrorist organization. They started in the eighties and, uh, they haven't, they haven't stopped doing what they're wanting to do. They want to wipe out all the Jews and the infidels, you know, anybody that's not a Muslim or, um, you know, whether they're American or European or Jewish, uh, people, they want to wipe them out completely. Yeah. And, um, uh, I just, I think people need to kind of, you know, stop watching the news so much, stop freaking out. Uh, Israel has been doing this, you know, fighting somebody for 4,000 years. Uh, and I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. We, um, we always want to wake Jesus up out of the sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. When the water starts to get a little rough. Wake up. That's good. Do you, do you want us to die? Right. How long while I suffer? Must I suffer thee? <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> what they didn't pay attention to is when after he got done preaching to the people from the boat, he looked at him and he said, we're going to go to the other side. He didn't say we're going to try to go to the other side. Mm -hmm. He didn't say we're going to give it our best effort if we make it, if we make it, if not, eh, sorry. Mm -hmm. He didn't say we're just going to give it our, you know, our good old best effort. He said we're going to the other side. That's what he says. And we don't, we're on the other side if you're a Christian. Right. We're on the other side. Um, nothing's going to keep us from going to the other side unless we just somehow walk away from God and then you weren't ever with him anyway. Right. We have to stay strong during the storm. Mm-hmm. The end of days started at the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. I will pour out my spirit. Your, 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 your people will speak into mm-hmm. that happened on the day of Pentecost. Right. Right. That was when it started. Right. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's what I keep telling people. It's it's crazy what, to sit and freak out over. Here's what we do know. We do know that the Bible says on his second coming that, or his first coming, he's going to come like a thief in the night for the mm-hmm. rapture, right? Thief in the night means he sneaks in. Right. Nobody sees him. They're quiet. This, that, and the other happens. The second coming, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that people will be eating and drinking. It's going to be life as usual. Mm-hmm. 
Right. The only people that are going to be waiting on him is Christians. Other than that, the world's going to be going on just like it goes on. And then it's going to get really bad. Right. But guys, I mean, and, and this is my pastor sitting across from me, and he's always said this since the day I met him. Just focus on your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You could do that for a hundred years and never get it right. Right. Just right. do that, and no matter what comes, we're good. Amen. Yeah, exactly. That's why it drives me batty that you know churches have split and people quit church over you know your thought, your idea, or your your view of theology when it comes to revelation. And again, a lot of it is conjecture. You know, we're we're trying to put into what. We think scripture says, and, you know, uh, I know a lot of people have done a lot of studying on that and spent a lot of time trying to put all the pieces together, but they're they're still, you know, they still don't have all the pieces in there. Yeah. So lately I've been listening to an Old Testament Bible teacher. His name's Chad Bird. I don't mind saying who it is. He's got a long beard, but he... I've, I, I haven't seen somebody in a long time that in court can talk about the Old Testament and the New Testament and how they coincide together in little ways. I've never, I, I, maybe I've never seen it. Things like, you know, talking about how Saul was doing what he did with David and then there was a new Saul who didn't get killed but fell down at Jesus' feet and then Saul who tried to kill the David right? This Saul went from being a Christian killer to preaching the gospel through the grace of Jesus Christ and talking about how at the two covenants, my point is he was talking about how the Gog and Magog that people always want to say it's Russia and China. China. He said, listen, it's just the name Mm -hmm. of what God is calling whatever evil He's bringing into judgment at that during that event that we've got to stop trying to guess and and you may be right Mm -hmm. but it's it's not doing anything for you and your walk with christ and you're not getting more saved because you figure it out right that's good yeah and that's that drives me crazy when people are trying to you know put so much into what's not there you know it's the eisegesis instead of the exegesis you know you're trying to input stuff into the scripture and that's not the way that you interpret scripture right you, you gotta you've got to allow the scripture to interpret itself and um we've just got i, I the focus is just not there the focus ought to be on evangelism if you truly yeah. believe like i'm not going to slam you for believing that maybe this is the end of time i'm 54 years old i've got maybe you know gosh what's crazy to think of let, let's say i live to be 80 let's you know, 84 years old, that's 30 years from now. You're two-thirds through got, your life. I got 30 summers left. Mm-hmm. Like, just 30 summers. Yeah. That's crazy to you're, me. You're like, f- your family right. camp years ends at <laughs> exactly. 48, yeah, 48 years <laughs> in a row, right. and you're done, dude. I'm done, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that if if um, if I do get 30 years and um, my end of days are coming up, you know, relatively quick, I mean, just yesterday it was January, you know, first, twenty twenty three. And now we're already at, almost in November, uh, getting ready to go into twenty twenty four. So the days are coming back f- by faster and faster. And if you truly believe, if you're one of those people that are out there that truly believe this is in a time, the last thing you need to be doing is looking up into heaven or complaining about things that are going on. You need to be going out to everybody in your sphere of influence and share the gospel with them. Amen. Because if that if that is truly what your thought then you ought to not you ought to work day and night to make sure that nobody goes to hell. Yeah, I mean, Jesus looked at those that asked him about what signs they were going to see and he said a wicked generation right. seeks a sign. Like right. what do you need to prepare for? Right. What what do you, what what do you need to get ready? Right. Are you waiting to mm-hmm. to preach the gospel and to fully immerse yourself in the Holy Holy Spirit and in in and in Christ because once you find out that how much time you've got left, like what that's what he's saying there. Listen, if you're secure, you're secure, right? right? So just be secure and do what I told you to do. And he keeps telling us, do what I told you to do. Preach the gospel, take care of the widows and orphans, feed me, clothe me, visit me in prison, you know, heal people. If if that's your gift, whatever it is, 
but we've got to be doing the work of Christ. Right. You know, that's what you need to be worried about is just put your head down and do the work of Christ. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree at all. Um, real quick, yeah. just, real quick, just cause it's personal testimony. You know, recently, um, every once in a while I get this urge to want to speak, right? I want to preach a sermon mm. or I want to do a talk in, in front of a crowd or whatever. And, and what I'm realizing is that, you know what I, 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 I never realized until just the other day, God has got me doing the ministry that he says is the greatest, the servant ministry, the yeah, outreach. Right. I, that's not, I'm not tooting my own horn. What I mean by that is, man, dude, sometimes our perspective is just wrong. Completely wrong. Right. You know what I'm saying? I know. <laughs> Sometimes our perspective is just so wrong. Right. The He is the greatest, is the one who serves you, mm-hmm. right? And we keep wanting to be big time. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong. I mean, get me. don't get me wrong. People are called to be pastors right. and speakers. Right. Nothing wrong with it. But, man, dude, our perspective is so wrong sometimes. We yeah. should not be worried about Hamas and Israel. Right. You can always use Israel as kind of a, a barometer. Right. As Israel goes, the world goes. When Israel's at war, the world's at war. Mm-hmm. When Israel's at peace, the world's at peace. Well, the problem the, is they're never at peace. They right. may not be getting missiled and bombed, right. but that doesn't mean that they're right. at peace. You know, the issue is is that everything is going to happen in Israel. So we we kind of need to watch it, but not focus on like yeah. you know, um, Jesus is coming back in Israel. Like, you know, he's, yeah. he's come, you know, in, um, the Mount of Olives. I mean, he's coming back. At, uh, is it the Mount of Olives? Is that right? That didn't sound right. Mount of Olives. Is he coming back on the Mount of Olives? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It didn't sound right there for a second. Um, you know, so everything is going to play out in the Middle East, yeah. you know, and it, there's nothing wrong with watching that. The issue is, is that, you know, if you, if you focus only on that and solely on that, you'll never do what God is asking us to do serve, give your time, your money, your talents, give everything that, and make sure that you are, you know, and, and we, we will know when Jesus is coming back, when all four corners have heard the gospel, Yeah, get out and share the gospel. You want Jesus to come back, start sharing the gospel. He's going to come back a lot faster that way. Yeah. You know, here, here's a stat for everybody, just because I'm involved in a ministry that keeps these types of stats, OCC, Operation Christmas Child. Right. It's the shoebox ministry that everybody sees. A couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago, when I was introducing it at, at our church, for, you know, as far as we're starting it this year, there's there's over 7,000 groups of people where less than 2% of the population has ever heard the gospel. Right. That means that they are unlearned, 2% or less. That's how it's. That's how the data right. is kept. 7,000 groups of people in the world that have wow. that less than 2% of their population has heard the gospel. 7,000 groups of people. I'm talking that's like crazy. different ethnic groups. Wow. Whether it be tribes, whatever, seven thousand, dude. That is crazy. They're hoping to reach a couple of hundred in a couple of years. Right. There's still a That's lot of work crazy. to do. There's still That's a lot great. of work to do. That is great. Great, great statistic there. That's really good. Seven thousand yeah. groups of people. Mm-hmm. You know, the people groups is that what they call it. That's the what they call groups? them, people groups. Wow. So it might be a tribe in the Amazon where less than 2% right. of the people, and that's all that they know of. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know that there still aren't unfounded Un- people. Right, exactly. There can't be that many, but. David Platt does a great sermon on um, uh, unreached people groups. If you ever get an opportunity to listen to David Platt, I he's love got, him. gosh, he's got a good sermon on, you know, whether or not they'll go to heaven or hell. And it's a it's a really 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 good sermon. So he does a great job with that. I was watching a clip from him the other other day, and he was he was talking to pastors, and he's like, "Listen, man, they don't need all your witty ideas and this, that, and the other." And he took his Bible and he said, "Just give them the book. Right. Just give them the book that right. has the power to transform. Just right. give them the book." Yeah. Is what he? I love David. Yeah, Pat. I do too. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. He's a really he's the guy, guy that did the underground church. We did that yeah. one year. Yeah, a couple he's, of years. He's, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things I heard uh, this week, and I didn't realize um, until I started doing some research on it that Palestine 
you know, we're talking about Israel and Palestine, and you know, they're, they're fighting over a land that they think is theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody who's you know following the 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 Muslim line is coming in from the Ishmael side, and ever the Jews are coming from the Isaac side, and everybody thinks that they you know own the land there. And when you really look at history, Israel owns the land. Or, you know, is yes. God God gave them the land and said it would never be taken away, and it and it, it was bigger than. Um, what got, or it was bigger than what it actually is. I mean, yeah. it actually covered most of Iran and Iraq as well, but um, they got what they got. And then, you know, the whole Gaza, the seven year war in 49, I think it was. And then Gaza, you know, they gave that to the Palestines. And uh, Palestine was actually named, um, and I want to say in the 500 BC, but it might have been a little bit later than that. And I can't think of, and I'm totally butchering this but there was a king who conquered uh israel and just to make them mad he turned it into palestine which is he was making fun of them because it was the philistines you know so he was he he basically just said i'm going to turn all of all of israel and he he actually i think it was jerusalem that he you know part of that ended up becoming palestine so it wasn't even the arabs to begin with it was you know the philistines and so he he named it was like a uh like Palestine, Palestine, you know, something like that, that was making fun of there, Israel and the, the Philistines because they had such a problem with them. Yeah, God has always God has always done exactly what he said he was going to do with Israel. Mm-hmm. God said, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Right. So you've got the story of, of uh, Esther mm-hmm. and... The, who, who's the who's the uh, who's the bad guy in the story? Harem? Not Haman. Ha- Haman. Yeah. Haman. I always get Haman and Herod mixed up yeah. when I'm when I'm not referencing my Bible. Yeah. Haman and his sons build gallows to hang the Jews. Right. They hang from the very gallows that they built. Right. In the in the in the seventies and in the eighties, the Russians are the Germans. What did they do? They built walls around the Jews. They guarded them with dogs. They executed whatever right. it was, six million of them. What did the Russians do to the Germans in the 80s? They built a wall around them. They guarded them right. with dogs, and they killed some. Right. What you do to Israel, God will do to you. That's a promise, and he said it over and over in the Bible. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Wow. Do you want to be blessed? Bless Israel. Right. I planted a tree in Israel one time through John Hagee's ministry back oh, no in the day. Kidding. Oh yeah. Yeah, I bought a tree and they plant they were planting trees because the Bible talks right. about how the trees will come back and you know, they're right. planting trees all over the place in Israel. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I've great. always uh I've always believed that how how Israel goes, the world goes, mm-hmm. and the, it takes up like one ten thousandth of the land mass of the of the world. Right. But yet it's in the news every single day all yeah. the time. Yeah. And people don't put two and two together. Yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's. I think it's a big deal. Yeah, and again, I'm not saying don't watch Israel. Don't you know? But just don't sit and worry about the end of days. No, it's, it's not. It's not worried. It's not worth worrying about. It's going to happen. Statistically speaking, your end of day is going to be that you know you're just going to quit breathing. You know, for some reason, yeah. uh, whether it's a car, cancer, or old age. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna quit breathing uh, you're gonna meet jesus yeah it may not be on a white horse coming out of the clouds but uh you're gonna meet him one way or the yeah. other so and guys listen the book of revelations is about jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> just just read it and every single thing you read just look for jesus in the book of revelations and you'll have a much better time that's great. reading it that's all great. that stuff if yeah. you're a christian and you believe in the rapture which the bible does talk about you're not going to be here anyway Right, you're going to be gone. I, I, I'm. I don't. I don't get out. You know, the pre-trib, post-trib, all-trib. You know, yeah. type of rapture. I'm voting for pre-trib. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I get a vote. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy, folks. Don't don't sit and waste your life just worrying about when Jesus is coming back. Just know He's coming back. Make sure that you're right with God. Make sure that you're spending good quality time with him. Make sure that you're having this vertical relationship in order to, to go out and do the horizontal relationship. That's all that matters. Yeah, the, so. only, the only thing as Christians we should be doing when stuff like this happens is trying to use it to show people that what the Word says 
is matching up with what is going on with this country, Israel, right. over and over and get them to see. Because I promise you, you're never going to meet anybody in your life. You there, There's people out there that probably have met someone. But very the, the normal everyday Christian is going to meet very few people who don't believe in God right. that have read the Bible. Right. They haven't. I told exactly. somebody that the other day. I'm like, you haven't even read it. Right. And I said, nobody that doesn't believe in God. You, you, I, I put God to test. And I don't mean this in a, in a, like a prideful yeah, way. Read the Bible and tell read me. Read the Bible it. and yeah. tell me, and I guarantee you, you will end up believing in God. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. Right. The whole Bible, not just bits that's and right. pieces. You right. know, you got to, I think that's, that's so true. That is so true. So we've got some uh, some controversial stuff here that we'll talk about a little bit. You know, this uh, this world is going to hell in a handbasket, it seems like, and uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse. And uh, what's crazy is it's not even close to, you know, where where it's going to get. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think you and I were talking not too long ago that, you know, things aren't falling out of place. They're falling – or things aren't falling apart. They're falling into place. Yeah. Uh, you know, in God's providence, we He's got this all figured out. You know, and all we got to do is just sit back and and make sure that we're doing what we're, we need to be doing here. And one of the things that we really need to be doing is standing firm um, on the gospel message, yeah, and the understanding of what Scripture means and why it means what it means and how to interpret it, and making sure that you're exegesis it, it instead of Jesus, which is the way that you interpret scripture. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff here and you sent me this, uh, video the other day, um, yeah. of this, this guy. And I want y'all, I want you guys to listen to this. So just one second here, let's get this going. Did not say one single word of condemnation about anyone based on sexual orientation or gender identity. In fact, so this guy is saying this is about, you know, that the Bible doesn't say anything about, you know, homosexuality being a sin. Yeah, or, just to set this up a little, this is actual pastor yeah. of a liberal church where he's wearing a rainbow-like scarf right. around his outfit, and he's he's basically trying to self-righteously um, uh, nitpick the Bible apart to say, to compare what the Bible says about right. eunuchs meaning they were born that way and he's trying to justify that what eunuch means born that way right. is that it means somebody also that's confused of their sexuality or something like that and it is two totally different things go right ahead. so actually why don't you try to go and um let's see here real quick uh just one second i'm gonna see if i can get this on here Oh shoot! And so, one of while you're doing that, one of the things that Jody and I have been discussing between us lately is this um, real shift we're seeing in the enemy's attack to kind of erase what God created at the beginning. He's trying Mm -hmm. to blur the lines between man and woman, between uh, male and female. Uh, everything that was done, he's trying to get people to question the word of God or not, you know, get, get across to everybody that the word of God is somehow not true or that it's just a, a book of good morals that, you know, you can kind of read if you want to be guided down the good moral road in life, this, that, and the other. And so we've been talking a lot about how, um, there was a uh, there was an author named Edward Murray, and I saw him on a podcast. And what he was talking about was about how when Greek and Rome fell, which were considered kind of superpowers like America, that that before they fell, there was this huge move to blur the lines of sexuality of male and female, uh, this that or the other, and about how America's going right down that path. Right. Is why exactly. we're looking at this stuff and I'm sending it to you and bringing it up as discussion points. Right. Look on there and see if you can pull up, go to uh, the cameras, mm-hmm. like hit the, hit the plus sign and the see if that, okay. see if the Mevo Go pops up. Does it? Uh, Mevo, two Mevo cameras found, Ben and Jody. That's it? Yep. Okay. There's, it's searching. All right. Well, I was hoping I could do this. Um, use. Yeah, I can't do it. Shoot. I was going to 
Send this mobile device's screen to share content in multicam. All right. So see if um, that's on there. Doesn't show up? No. Just says Ben and Jody Hmm. and searching. Okay. I was hoping it would show up. Okay. Anyway, we can't show the video. I was hoping to show the video. Got it. Oh, is it coming up? No. No. Huh? No. Oh, it didn't? Okay. All right. Well, anyway, we'll go ahead and play the audio part of this, and um, you guys can uh, listen to this. This is, uh, again, this this pastor is not a pastor to begin with. He's just a woke politician is all he is. So listen to this. Fact. The only mention Jesus really makes of it is this passage in Matthew. Maybe you're familiar with it. It's actually an affirmation. It's buried in ancient language, and it's surrounded by this weird teaching about divorce. But what Jesus said is this, that if you are a eunuch, and you have been a eunuch since birth, that was an ancient way of saying that if you differed from what was expected in terms of what we would call today sexual orientation or gender identity, that if you were a eunuch and you had been a eunuch from birth, that you were loved by God. Do I need to explain <laughs> to the internet that a eunuch? This this guy, he just yeah. keeps on going, and then and then some guys commenting on it. But this is what we're dealing with today. Is so the, yeah, what he's trying to do there is he's trying to say, hey, uh, God loved people that were born eunuchs back then. Right. right is what the Bible, what he's saying the Bible says, right. and because of that, he's trying to blur the lines and say a born eunuch can be the same as somebody knows that they're gay or transgender right. or male or female because they feel that way, right? Right, because right. they they were born that way, they feel like they were born that way, and the so eunuch didn't have a choice. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and that's the yeah. deal. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a it's a choice and that people make. Yeah, it's crazy. It just blows me away that people are actually out there talking about this stuff. I mean, literally, I just don't. I don't. Why? Um, you know, maybe this is God's calling us to like somebody. I'll be at that church and and like literally stand up and say blasphemy. Yeah, and start showing scripture yeah. of why this is this is craziness. Like, it just makes no sense. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. I don't get me wrong. I lied. It makes total sense. I mean, yeah. Satan, Satan has his hands in in so many things right now. Um, did you get the the one video that I sent about um, uh, the devil? The one, yeah, dude, that yeah. was that was eerie. Wasn't that eerie? Oh. Which one? Where, where's where it's where, the devil talking about talking here. like all the things that I've done? Yeah, the did things I, that I've done and the things that I'm planning to. Yeah, do. did I send that to you? Um, I think yeah, I you sent, sent it to, bo- to me. You to, sent it to me. Uh, did I send it to both of you? You guys? sent it to just me, I believe. Okay, let me look at it here yeah. real quick. Yeah, because <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. No, that not that one. Not that. And that's exactly the way it's going. Right. It's headed to, towards pedophilia. Right. Exactly. Let's see here. Is this it? Let me see. Oh man, this video's unavailable. Huh. That's crazy. Every time we get ready to do a video, I know, it they're, seems they like take they're just down. taking them down. They, they take them down. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, the video's unavailable. Sure do. We get ready to have a, like, that one is just, is great. Yeah. So, all right. So, anyway, um, let's see if I can pull this one up real quick. Um, but I, I think, I think where, you know, churches really need to get, um, back in the act on is, is one preaching about sin, mm-hmm. um, repentance, repentance. Yeah. Like people need to understand what sin is first of all, and then they need to know how to repent. <clears throat> and I think because of those two things haven't been talked about quite a bit, I think we have a, a, a bad understanding of what salvation is because yeah. I think we have a lot of people who have said a prayer, have gotten baptized, have taken the sacraments, have done all of these things, but yet still they're lost as Easter eggs. Yeah. And uh, I, I just don't think they have a true understanding of exactly what 
um, what sin is. And then if you don't know how to repent, you're just going to continue to live in that sin. And Galatians 5.19 says those who continue to live in sin, and it goes through a litany of sins, you will not inherit the kingdom of yeah. God. And uh, I, I think churches need to, 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 to get back to that uh, big time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think churches also have to do a, a good job, a better job in discipleship about squeezing other people's fruit. Right. Looking for the fruit. Yes. And challenging why the fruit's not showing. Right? God is mm-hmm. going, going to instill the Holy Spirit in you, and then he's going to change your heart, and the Holy Spirit is, gonna, is going to move you to, do, to be obedient to God. Right. I love what Vadi Basham said. Vadi Bakum. Vadi Bakum. Yep. He said, salvation only requires belief and, and, and faith. Right. That's all it requires. Right? That obedience is a result of it. Right. right? Obedience doesn't get you saved, but obedience should come after salvation it's it's mm-hmm. that's the fruit that's the right. that's the work that the holy spirit's going to do in your life mm-hmm. right so i think churches sometimes they're too nice yeah we've got to challenge our brothers and sisters to do the work of god right right yes exactly yeah and i tell you that um i i teach a lot of disciplines yes you know like because I think that's part of the sanctification process. God just doesn't make you all of a sudden do the things no. that he wants you to do. You have to actually put in an effort um, to, to do those things. You have to get it in your mind. It's a change of mind. Like you literally have to change your mind to do yeah. the things of God. Yeah. Um, and thank God you have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have his word. You're, you're able to be able to, to have tools to be able to get you there. But it's still a discipline. It's it's no different than exercise or eating right or, you know, uh, making sure that you love your wife like Christ loved the church and you're pouring into your children. Like those are all disciplines that you have to put into your life in order to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Otherwise, you're just going to be a complacent, lazy, disobedient Christian yeah. completely. And I, I think that's the hard part is just, you know, getting people to understand that you got to put forth effort. Yeah. Big time. So there was another video that we have here. Um, this one, let's see here. This one, um, this, you know, as we were talking about Israel and all the things that are going on, it's like I was actually talking to my son the other day. He's 21, and uh, I'm you and I are both. Shout out to Gabe. Yeah, exactly. He's, uh, he's a good kid. And uh, we were talking about, you know, he was like, oh, they're not going to bring back the draft. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you know, right now our military is probably the weakest uh, or I shouldn't say weakest because I, I don't think our military has ever been weak. I would say the least staffed uh, that it's probably ever been in the history of, of whatever. Um, and so there might be a, a draft yeah. if if things all go to hell in a handbasket. And um, he and I were talking about it, and I was like, you know, to be honest, I mean, I, I've got experience and I'm saved and – I would, you know, I would take your place. Like I would literally go so you didn't have to go or my son-in-law, you know, whatever. Um, You know, they could put me back in a tank. You know, I drove an M3 Bradley. I'd give me a a machine gun, an M16, and I can do exactly what I did in 1990 during the Gulf Gulf War. But it's one of those things that he he has this mentality that they're not going to do that. They, they they just don't know how to do, they're not going to do that they wouldn't do that and yeah. you know i wouldn't i wouldn't have to go i'm like yeah you would have to go at 21 years old you're going dude and so anyway this video um that we found uh also talks about uh this gen z who uh talks about getting drafted and uh how he won't get drafted well i just lost it here it is uh let me play this here for you on TikTok. He goes by at Bacteria Baby. That's his handle, at least. His name is Ryan, who took to the internet as a Gen Zer to talk about why he's not getting drafted. Take a listen. Why is everybody saying Gen Z is going to get drafted? Like, <laughs> no, the f- we're not. Like, how are they going to actually force us to get up and go to war? I understand it was like that in like the 1940s. What else is there to do in 1940 besides shoot people? We have things to do nowadays. We have twerk. 
be bisexual, eat hot chip, lie. And we're also like really mentally ill. What makes you think I'm qualified to have a gun? I appreciated seeing this video because <laughs> like, it is an I example mean, of exactly oh what I am gosh. talking about. The weakening of men, the stage yeah. that we are in, the crisis that we are facing in America, because this is your average 18 to 21 year old. We have an individual. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is so crazy. Like the world's just getting crazier and crazier. And, you know, it doesn't, these kids don't seem to to get it. Yeah. They just don't seem to get it. It just blows me away. Just so all you guys. Just so all you guys know, my youngest is 28. They all three work hard. <laughs> They're all three on their own. You ain't blaming me. Well, I I, I don't disagree with Candace uh, Owens. Like she's she's right. We're um, we're taking masculinity out yeah. of out of the homes. You know, you take it away from the dad, uh, and it goes away from you know you you demasculate a man at church. Uh, a wife demasculates him. Uh, you demasculate him at work. Um, he's not going to pour into his kids. That's right. He's not going to. Tra- he's not going to raise a a, a man. Um, you know, mom's going to end up raising that kid. And I'm not saying every man that's been raised by their mom is you no. know sissified and all that kind of stuff because that's not true. Um, but you're more likely to 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 have those tendencies, especially like these Gen Xers. And they just, they don't know what hard work is. They don't know um, what a struggle is. They don't know what a job is, no. you know, it doesn't seem like. And um, I still am on the um, on the fringe. I think every 18-year-old male should have to join the military for two years. So when, when, um, when, the, when Stacy's uh, two youngest uh, were 15 and a half, right. um, the daughters, the older, I... I'm their stepdad right. and I love, I love the children and, and I have tried to do everything that I can to raise them, you know, God fearing, you know, to the, to the best of my ability, being a stepdad that came into their lives at like eight and, right. and 10. Right. My point is at 15 and a half, I told, I, I, I brought it up for our family to listen. They need to start paying for their cell phones. And they've got jobs, so they wanted to get jobs, so they got jobs. But I noticed that after they had jobs for a little while, that it was all about buying things that they wanted. Right. And I told them both, I said, guys, listen, you've got to learn that money goes towards bills, so you're going to start paying your um, your phone bill. I said, I'm your stepdad. I said, right. you've got a dad, so you either need to pay for your car insurance when you're old enough to drive, or dad needs to do it. Right. And I told him, I said, you need to buy your cars because we don't have the money to buy you guys cars right, right now. And so they bought cars. The daughter or you know, our step, my stepdaughter has since bought a second car by herself. They pay for their insurance. They pay for right. their cell phone. Dude, when they're in the house, sometimes they're 20 and 18 now and they float in and out. They buy their own groceries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at the time I remember being in a, a church group one night and someone looking at me like I was the most evil person in the world. But now, at 20 and 18, they both have full-time jobs. Carter's getting ready to start college. Right. They're, they're paying all their bills. I don't pay for anything except some food for them when they're in and out. Right. And none of their special workout, this, that, and the other. Guys, you have to train up your children to work. Right. When my son went to college, he went to SIUE. And he got into their pharmacy program. I remember him calling me his freshman year and say, Dad, the, none of these kids that I room with, they don't know how to do their laundry. They didn't know how to do laundry, dude. Right. Like they were struggling to get. He was helping kids do their laundry. Yeah. You probably make a good good dollar that way, too. I'm telling you. Know? you. Yeah. That's, you know? the, the basics need to be taught to kids. You know, I think when they um, – do you ever watch a Mike um, – Oh, the dude that did uh, Dirtiest Jobs. What was that dude? Yeah, I can't Mike, remember his Mike name. Rowe yeah, Mike, that's it. Rowe. Mike Rowe or Mike Rowe? Something Rowe. But he talks about how, you know, the moment that we took out, you know, from the school system, we took out a shop and we took out um, uh, uh, Home Ec. Home Ec. And we took out all of the, the basic needs for, you know, just basic living. Uh, you see the decline in 
the job labor number yeah. one, and you you see the decline in uh, household um, families, and just the families in yeah. general. And so um, it's it's just sad that you know our and honestly, that's why man up God's way is a ministry is to get guys engaged. Number one, first with Jesus, two with their wife, three with their children, and four in church. Um, we see uh, happier more joyful, better marriages when guys do those things. We see guys that are engaged with their children when they do those things. They, they, they serve more in church. Matter of fact, the whole family serves in church when they man up God's way, when they spend good quality time in the Word and when they're praying and they're repenting and they have this lifestyle of, of a disciplined lifestyle of living like God wants them to live. Yeah, uh, We see some major, major benefits for that. And um, we see godly kids. We see manly and, and feminine kids, and that's what we need to have in the world today. Yeah. Hey, I found this video, the, the, the Satan thing. Let's awesome. Listen, Got it. Listen to this. Every generation is the same. So, I appeal to their so what this is is uh, this guy's dressed up in a mask, and uh, he looks like Satan, but he's basically telling what he's, what he's doing in the world today. I offer all the sex, wealth, and fame a person could want. Do as thou wilt has been my campaign slogan from the start. Till my campaign platform hasn't changed either. I run on the same three issues every generation. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Okay. Okay. When you say lust of the flesh, what exactly do you mean? Come on now. What do I mean? Isn't it obvious? I just use humans' own innate physical desires against them. And since sexual desire seems to be the most powerful, I usually run with that. Now, I didn't create sex, but I must say I've done a superb job at perverting it. So this is Satan being interviewed about yeah. what he does. You know, he's uh, from another guy. Take pornography, for example. Well, you should know a lot about this one, Ivan. Weren't you addicted to porn? <clears throat> um. This interview is about you, uh, not about me. Can we get back on subject? <clears throat> <laughs> now, where was I? Oh, yeah. What I do is gradually get someone addicted to porn. And once Lust has had his full work. And so listen to this. This is literally what happens with people, you know, uh, men and women. Uh, young children, you know, this, the sad thing right now is the average age for a child to see porn is seven years old, you know, because we've given them, you know, iPads and iPhones and we haven't monitored them. Right. So he and she could no longer restrain themselves. They usually look to act out their fantasies on someone. And sometimes that someone is a child. Now, my plan plays out perfectly. That abused child will eventually turn to a life of promiscuity and perversion themselves, allowing me to continue my vicious cycle. And here's the kicker. Many of those abused girls end up right in the porn industry. So here's the crazy thing about some porn stats. Um, The number one searched, uh, number one and number two searched keywords last year were stepmom and rape. (laughs) That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That just blows me away. And and what this what this what this is doing, this interview, when you continue to watch it, it's showing how sin, you know, when the Bible talks sad. about how the end of sin is death, right? That's where I feel like the world's kinda at where we're we've we've okayed sin so much that now we're like got men that think they're mm-hmm. women, women that think they're men, right. men and women that think they're neutral. Right, I, I, it's just, it's just why sin just continues, right. and one day God's gonna kill sin. Right, thank right. God. Anyway, that for irony. Mm. The second thing you had mentioned, I believe, you said lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. Can you elaborate? Humans are never satisfied. You always crave more. Bigger house, bigger car, more money, more power. The list goes on and on. I just take their natural ambitious desire, pervert it, and use it against them for their own destruction. My plan is to allow them to never be content. As long as I... And that's that's so true. Like, Mm -hmm. it's... it. 
you know, we live in a consumer driven world and unfortunately the church has become consumer driven. You know, people are just wanting to, to, they just want to be fed. You know, they don't want to do anything. They just want to be fed. And, you know, we have such a consumer driven world that the, the, the the iPhone that you have now is not good enough. You got to get the new one or the car that you had that for five years is not good enough anymore. You got to get a new one. Like, the clothes that you wear aren't good enough. You've got to get new ones. And it's just a, such a driven, lustful, envious uh, society. Yeah. Big time. Absolutely. I can keep them craving what others have. I can depend on them to argue, fight, even kill to get it. Humans are so easily tricked into jealousy. And you know what they say. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Yes, I have heard that before. The last thing you had mentioned was, I believe, pride of life. Now, how does this fit into your campaign platform? Humans are always on a quest for knowledge. I check the first humans to seek carnal knowledge over godly wisdom, and it's worked like a charm every generation since. With more knowledge comes more pride, and you know pride is my specialty. (laughs) And since humans don't like to keep God in their wisdom, I'm able to seduce them with all types of things to help puff up their ego. Lately, fame has been my biggest seller. Who doesn't like attention and feeling more important than the next person? Once I make them famous, I can really use them to promote my agenda. With their help, I've convinced half of the world to not only accept sin, but to celebrate it. (laughs) Do you know what has been my most enjoyable pride campaign to date? No, what? Well, my gay pride campaign, of course. Not only do I get the chance to promote your own self-destruction, I get to use God's logo, the rainbow, to do it. Love is love, That's the clip you sent me. Yeah, it is. Started here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My plan not only prevents you worthless humans from reproducing, it distorts the gender roles and allows me to bring all types of chaos and confusion upon your pathetic societies. Man, this so, it's been so successful, so I've got right men point. convinced they're women. And women convinced they're men. And some convinced they're no gender at all. And I've got two more Pride Initiative campaigns I'd like to introduce in the near future. Mm. Really? I'm guessing you probably want me to ask you what they are, right? Well, first, it's abortion pride. Now, I think we can pull this off. Society is definitely ready for it. I've enlisted to help a Planned Parenthood to work with marketing and promotions. And all we'll have to do is silence the so-called abolitionists and pro-lifers because the rest of the church doesn't seem to care. And second is pedophilia pride. Now, society might not be ready for this one just yet, so we'll hold off. I need to desensitize them a little more before we introduce it. Okay, okay, okay. okay. That's oh Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like he's hitting, but, but it's it's absolutely it's happening. Ag- yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a time where pedophilia and animals and all that mm-hmm. is just it's it's runs right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to it goes right back to when Jesus judges the churches, right? Yeah, it does. You know, yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, oh man, I just. I keep I keep hoping, you know, for this this move of, of a revival, like a worldwide revival, you know, just yeah. one more time, you know, let's let's just try to get as many people as we possibly can for the sake of the gospel, yeah, you know, and just change the world in in the different direction. Let's get it spent in the different direction and instead of the direction it's going. But yeah. unfortunately, I have read the Bible all the way through, and yeah. uh, I. I I know that it doesn't get much better. I think Christians need to get real focused on um, ridding themselves of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, part part of that is one part of that wanting to know when the end times is is because we we don't know, like you know, but you don't know, right? And so this is all we know. So you think I'm, you know, if I die tomorrow, I'm not going to get to see my wife anymore and this and the other. And what Mm -hmm. God says is none of that matters. Right. You know, so what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to pick these moments of to where I'm when I'm at work and I'm having a bad day. And you think about putting your resume out, 
like you used to always do just to see what's out there. Now I've been trying to focus on what God's given me. Right. Got a really good job that I, I liked all the people and it's a good mm-hmm. company and, you know, just focusing on being content or, right. you know, I was talking at life group the other night about, you know, introducing myself to some people I didn't know that when, you know, talking about how me and my son had not talked in the last 10 years and, you know, just trying to just understand that, listen, God may never, God may never mend that relationship, but as long mm-hmm. as God saves my son, that's all that, all matters. that matters. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And we have to get more intentional. My, my my favorite Bible verse is and always has been man that finds his life will lose it and a man that loses his life right. for, my, for my sake will find it. I didn't really realize that that would play out in my life. I lost everything mm-hmm. for decisions that I made, the parent that I was or wasn't, right. this, that, and the other. And God has done a job story in my life god has given me back everything tenfold Mm -hmm. he might not have given me that part of my life back but he's given me a new life where now i have you know a wife and eight children all together three grandchildren you know this that or the other i'm trying to focus on those things Mm -hmm. and intentionally be more content intentionally uh deal with the when i do have feelings of the world ending or this that and the other kind of going through there and say okay why do i feel such i shouldn't feel poor i should be begging jesus to come back tomorrow now jesus isn't mad at me for that right but what you said earlier about we have to be intentional about some of these Mm -hmm. things you have to be intentional about getting to the point where this world means nothing. Right. You take care of your duties. You love the people you're responsible for, understanding that one day who you really are and where you're right. really from are coming. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's good. That's a good perspective. I think that's you know probably a good place for us to end tonight is, yeah. you know, just folks, the world's, it's crazy. It's going to get crazier. Uh, it's been crazy for forever, uh, ever since the fall of uh, Adam and Eve. And um, we do have to, 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 to capture our focus. You know, what are we going to focus on? What's, what's most important? Uh, first of all, your relationship with Jesus. If you don't have one, um, it's, it's, it's simple, so to speak. Um, it's by faith that you believe that Jesus Christ willingly walked upon the cross to die for your sins. He shed his blood to die for your sins, and he he was buried. He died and was buried and put in a tomb, and three days later he rose again. Uh, and for 40 days he prepared the ministry with the apostles that would be pushed forward through the church. And um, one day he's coming back for the church, and we have to be ready for that. What that means by being ready is that, first of all, you understand the gospel, that you believe in the gospel, and that you are saved by faith. Now, it's our responsibility to be sanctified by having a relationship with him, reading his Bible, making sure that we're praying, making sure that we're having a repentant lifestyle, and growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, and passing that on, making sure that we're making disciples. Matthew 28, 19 says, go to all nations and make make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them all that I have commanded you. And that was Jesus telling his disciples what they needed to do, and that's what he wants us to do as well. And discipleship is simple. All you're doing is you're taking what you're reading on a daily basis and you're passing it on to somebody else. Sometimes your disciple may, may not know Jesus, but you're teaching them what the Word of God says, and one day that Word will plant in their heart and they will get to know who Jesus is. Maybe it's a lukewarm Christian who knows Jesus but doesn't um, doesn't have any fruit. Maybe you're you're the person that God has sent in their life that's going to get them kick started so they can become uh, what God has planned for them to be um, uh, in this world. And so don't sit around just waiting on Jesus to come back. Get out and do something. There are people that God has placed in your sphere of influence for you, you alone to share the gospel with, to make sure that they understand who Jesus is, to make sure that they have a relationship with themselves and to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. That's what we need to be focused on. Don't freak out about the economy. Don't freak out about um, what's going to happen next year, next week, tomorrow, I mean, because you don't have that guarantee. You don't know if today's your last day. 
Uh, focus on what is important, and that is your relationship with Jesus and those and the relationships that God has placed in your life. So go out there. Don't be scared. Let's be bold, and let's go out there and take back this kingdom from the hands of Satan, and let's go storm the, the, the gates of hell with water pistols. Let's just be ready and do that. Amen. Amen. That's the gospel as easy as it can be put, <laughs> folks. He's an expert at it. He does it every Sunday. <laughs> Amen. So, well, glory to God. Well, yeah, guys, guys just, yeah. and and guys, listen. If you're if you're a Christian and you're in the church and and you're just kind of uh, you know playing the game and you know not really doing, I promise you, the quickest way to to get and see the face of God is to serve. Amen. It's to serve. Just fine. Go up to your pastor and say this. What can I do? And I guarantee that pastor has got something for you to do, and he'll be impressed by it. Amen. Jody tells story all the time. He's only ever had one person. It had to have been me. Mm. Now, no, I walked. In, I walked in telling you, you what in. I was going to yeah, do. Exactly. No, but Jody's only ever had one person walk into a church mm. and say, "Hey, pastor, what can I do for you?" Right. That's you true. Know? Yeah, you got a lot of pastors out there that need your help. So, first of all, know Jesus. Get into to to the relationship with Him. Pour into your wife, into your family. Make that your first ministry, men. If that's if you're listening here, women, make sure you encourage your men uh, to 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 be the spiritual head of your household. Uh, give him the, the the courage and the strength to be able to do that. I promise you, um, if you come alongside him and you be your, his helpmate, oh my goodness, I tell you what, he'll walk through a brick wall for you. God bless you guys. Y'all have a great night, and we will see y'all next Monday night. God bless. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.